Chapter 1. Lots. So here we go again, ladies and gentlemen. Buckle your seatbelts. Chapter 1. Plots plotted on the plotters that plotted on the planter's nut. Manham has finally came to a place where the water smoothed to a peaceful rhythmic buoyance. As the release date he has been waiting on swiftly moves towards him. He's stronger now than before. Looks different in so many different ways that to the outside looker looking in. One wouldn't even recognize him anymore. But one thing for certain. Revenge still simmered within his broken heart. Heartless and Mayhem had went to jail together. And both sunk to the ocean's depth. But she was later sprung before Mayhem could... Swim back to shallow shores the world called freedom. She stayed in contact with him to his utter amazement and conjoled and whispered sweet nothings to Mayhem with the promise of love. All the while, Mayhem fought the desire to commit homicide in order to even the scales that had been weighed against him on that spectacular 4th of July that had just passed. He found himself constantly questioning himself on whether or not he should let go and let God sort it out so he could just move on with his life. Less baggage, the, the better. Love and revenge pulled at Mayhem, though, until eventually, as that release date was upon him, he desires the errand to the killing grounds God had conveyed and delivered him from one year past. That's how long it had taken Mayhem to reascend from the ocean's depth, gasping for a breath of fresh air like the drowning man his soul had become. No more, though. Never again. But God had breathed a new life within his spirit. And when that door finally did open, off he went in pursuit of the greatest love he had ever known. And to receive the revelation of that smoking gun, he knew Heartless had lay hid under that stained mattress. She never seemed to leave. That's where we pick back up in this tangled web that wove. He goes back to his old stop of grounds. We had earned his stripes. He so proudly put on parade for the whole world to see. He had left that place a decade past with a vow to never return. The world changed too much. Too many new faces to ever feel like home again. After he'd yet again been set free from the ocean's embrace. That's neither here nor now, so allow me to adjust our course. Heartless is waiting on him as he steps out, and of course, true to form, Fat Boy is the ride needed in order to swoop in and rescue Mayhem. They pulled into the side of Hard Knocks that's known as the Crossroads. Kawinky dink? I think not. Red flags of raised gut feelings of pinging in this time. Oh yeah, this time. Mayhem hears and fears him. He says nothing, though, and continu continues to play his hand closely. They bring him to another house he would later proceed brimming over with the denizens of hell. Mayhem remains cool and collected, but he's prepared for this over the course of that last year. Driven by a passionate desire, we all find ourselves chasing like a beggar deranged, begging for the same damn change. Love. Yeah, that was definitely one of the things driving him. A desire to find that smoking gun also fueled a fire within him. 
that if he was not too, if he was not careful, would eventually consume him. They take him to a very wealthy side of town and walk him into the next stage that had been set yet again to entrap him on so many levels. And with even bigger devils too. <laughs> oh, Asmos laughs in the shadows at that trap and whispers to Heartless's mind. Will not escape this time as he twiddles his claws in the dark recesses hidden from the light. Mayhem walks boldly into the man trap and immediately feels of the nefarious vibrations that permeates from their dark hearts. He turns to Heartless and says, I don't like the feel of this place at all. And he finishes with, I feel like I'm surrounded. Heartless dismisses the statement with an ease only she can pull off. They quickly fall into the routine of tweaking and twacking in the twilight zone. All the while, he's observing them with the microscopic attention only God has for his own creations. Mayhem isn't remotely what the world has thought he was, and he wasn't made of the things that he chose to share in. He had chosen to share in the misery of others' lives willingly, if for no other reason than to have company in the hell and the handbasket this world had become. Just because he chose to sink to 20,000 leagues doesn't mean that the things that sink those who unfortunately refused to let go of the things that sink them didn't mean man defined life by those sunken stones. 20,000 leagues was the depth man had been descending to since he was at least 10 years old. I hope to give you the depths of his wondering in mind a little later in this tale, but it serves no purpose here. Man, driven by the desire to find love, and if not at least that, then that smoking gun falls victim to his space monkey again, and like a dog that returns to his own vomit, or a pig after being washed wallows in the mud, man begins to shoot dope again. Unlike last time, though, he has a purpose of driving through those dry places where we tend to stall traveling down life's highway. He has Ralphius and Omer also back in his six even though he wasn't aware of them quite yet. He had God and his son Jesus back in his every move also. Even that revelation hadn't been given yet either. He did though, and anyone with eyes to see and ears to hear could see the heavens rooting for God's lost son. He finds his mind wandering back to the events of 4th of July and the supernatural revelations that had been revealed to Mayhem. When it would on those initial instances inside his mind, he began to make mental lists of each event as if it had transpired. His first list looked a little like this. His first list looked a little like this. The first event. Invisible worm. Second event was gangsters turned to devils. You know that's cool. The Pirate Tower of Babel. Find out what you can. Mayhem chewed on those things knowing that somehow they were connected. Somehow. Three or four weeks had passed and he begins to diligently pursue and study the phenomenal existence of those damn water bears. He spends his days 
chasing down leads that would help them piece together the events that shaped his story. That was one of the things no one knew about him. He was a obsessive compulsive in more ways than one. He could spot random patterns and remember noises and sounds and numbers on a level that would drive most nuts. He had seen God's design in a pattern that spoke to the innermost part of his spirit. And once that pattern was revealed, well, man had no choice really on whether or not he would so desire to see the whole picture. He sets out to learn about the Tower of Babel, the water barrier, and revealed the light to the shadows swirling around him and through his peripheral vision. His faith has been renewed in God. So at this time, when the attack that he knows he has coming his way comes, he'll be not made for the fool everyone thought him played for. Three weeks after being released, Mayhem revives. Old Frankenstein, the ink-slinging, six-shooting tattoo gun that is being like an extension of his arm. Immediately he finds himself amongst long-lost friends from the time of his youth. They are also in the business of ice cream. You scream, you all scream for ice cream. You bet your sweet ass that I mean man. So heartless a man take off to sling some ink with those lost patrons from his boyhood. He arrives to be received with a welcome reception and quickly finds a very young and nubile redhead claiming to be his old friend's daughter. Heartless's demeanor changes suddenly and he knows that look she tried so desperately to hide. The look of jealousy and insecurity. He tries to reassure her of his love for her but he already knows his efforts are futile. Instead he focuses all of his attention on the task he has set before him. He has the time of his life, and sometime during the evening, Heartless starts wanting to leave with the payment of dope he had just received for his services being rendered and no longer able to watch him any longer decides to return to her own dope to turn it into cash. Before all that happens, though, Mayhem still fixed and driven by the desire to prove to at least himself and hopefully the world about those damn water bears. <laughs> As he begins to do tattoos, all's fine until an hour or so in, and for reasons he doesn't realize at first, the ink quench taken. He drills a little deeper, always looking for the redhead over for signs that he was gonna going too deep. Nothing, nothing he attempts works. He struggles to figure out why his tools he's using to apply his trade would suddenly just quit working. The ink stopped coming out of his ink slinging shit, six shooting tattoo machine. He dips the tip into his ink well for long periods of time, hoping that would be a solution to his problem. The only apply cold hard steel to skin. No ink. As he racks his mind for a solution to the dilemma and the desperation because he knows this is a great job opportunity if he could prove his worth as an accomplished artist. After an hour or so spinning his wheels, intuition dawns in his clouded and frustrated mind. Those damn water bears. The light bulb over his head flashes on and just as quickly explodes as he questions himself. What else could it be, right? He reasons and rationalizes as the mechanics that operate old Frank the tattoo machine he's holding begin to break down into the statistics and laws that govern motion, liquids and friction, etc., etc., and so on. See what I mean about Mayhem's lunatic mind? He realizes it's a damn near impossibility for the ink, which is basically a liquid consistent with the water, to not fall from the reservoir that's holding it. 
especially when it's move, being pushed out by a rod that's moving at 1100 RPMs a minute. Something has to be blocking the hole, and in his mind, it can only be those sneaky-ass tardigrades. Mayhem decides to spray out the barrel of old Frank through tattoo machine, and so he does, and to his amazement, is rewarded for his curiosity that dwells in the unimaginable. Heartless is still there, but the night was still young, and he, so he peers down into the reservoir to see the milky white substance that looks like a loogie, looks after being coughed up from the lungs of a long-time dedicated smoker. He has made it his mission in life to reveal the truth of those fucking worms to himself, and he, if not to the world, then at least to Heartless. She, in turn, has made it her mission in life to convince him that he was nuts, and she was good, too. He turns to show her what he has found inside the barrel of the tattoo gun, and of course, she refuses to acknowledge the evidence being put forth. <clears throat> they can't really discuss the theories that propel him into this madness without causing the redhead to second-guess the endeavor she had set out to accomplish with them. Mayhem only laughs at Heartless and at her refusal to look at the gooey proof he was presenting to the court. The redhead sees the secret away they engage each other and decides that she wants in on whatever it is that this smirk plastered across Mayhem's face. <laughs> Man, the redhead prepares to light the fuse on the rocket ship Mayhem's space monkey is straddling, right? To the moon and back, that twacked out funk monkey, funky monkey says back. Heartless soon leaves to go do whatever queens of the abyss do when the witching hour is upon us all and leaves Mayhem to his own devices. The redhead picks up, pokes, and finally plucks from him while he was laughing, thinking that she was she could handle the trappings of a lunatic fox's mind and still have a good time. He reveals his thoughts on the subject of water bears and quickly begins to drive everyone nuts. But soon the early morning hours bring it with it a masterpiece of a tattoo and a new day that's about to dawn on yet another amazing puzzling piece. Thankful to be done with the planter's nut that's all mayhem, she quickly calls Heartless to come and relieve her of the burden she had left behind. Heartless soon pulls up in a brand new red Mustang she has paid some couple a little dope in order to rent a car for the day so they could spend it on a, on a round of picnics and petting each other like it was little funny bear bunny rabbits. <laughs> well, that's what she told him anyways. I don't know what she really had in mind and waiting in store for him, but in no time at all, it quickly became apparent that it wasn't going to be what he initially expected. Mayhem kisses her. As they gather his tools, he uses to ply his trade, and off they went into that cool morning air that had just dawned, feeling really good about his future because he'd managed to walk with 300 plus in cash and dope, both jump in, feeling golden, sell off into the wind. He hands her the, his fruits of the labor, wanting nothing but to please his woman. Heartless begins at Latin and desires that she wants him and her to go do. I want to go do this. Well, on that, she says, all excited like a little schoolgirl. Mayhem assures her every time with a loving response along the lines of, so, baby, we can go do whatever you want. Can we go do this then, please, baby? She comes back with. Yes, my love. Again, he assures her. Well, how about this then? And that too, she asks all the while that happiness is exhibiting seems to be bubbling over as this. He again gives her the reassurances that they can go do whatever her heart. 
so desires. Then, without any warning, Heartless says to him, without any emotion in her voice, I want to take you somewhere that's very isolated and alone. Mayhem's gut pings in alarm and the memories begin to rise to the surface from the depths of his mind concerning the very real threat Heartless poses to his welfare. The 4th of July flashes through his mind from the previous year and with it the fact that she knew and participated in those said events. In turn, bringing the homicidal intent that had threatened to consume him in his hatred for her betrayal come next. Mayhem turns to look at her with all this coursing through his mind and says, You know, baby, I can only hope that you mean what you say where it concerns us. I can only hope for this crazy thing you proclaim in love. When you see me trying to walk this thing out with God and change what needs changing so I can be the best man I can be. And that you deserve to have in my love, but there's some shit I just have to ask God for forgiveness for. And with that being said, I fucking love you. So let's go. Instantly, Heartless turns into the driver's seat as they barrel down the highway and say, I can't believe you just threatened to fucking kill me. Mayhem catches the slip she just made in her last statement. You see, unbeknownst to almost all is the fact that Mayhem's personal interest was to study human behavior. In fact, he had been studying human behavior since he was 13 years old on the cartilage level. That was just one of the many faucets that captured Mayhem's interest in life. Only one, but a very big one that made Mayhem the dangerous and cunning opponent that he was and still is. So he knew that that last statement issuing from the cold and callous heart of Heartless was the motive dri driving her thought process. She slipped and she knew it too. So she became angry that he was able to make her stumble revealing the plot being plotted in this planted nut plantation. Mayhem begins to pray in song in a very sarcastic way hoping to provoke the demons that dwell within the sorceress that is the coin of hearts. So instead of enjoying the day of round of picnics and fucking like little fucking little bunny rabbits, they go back to the house they were currently renting, the back room. Always the back room with these two. Arguing the whole way, they finally arrive, never letting up as the argument steadily escalates on her side. He refused to give any kind of quarter and remains unaffected by the barrage of accusations that she throws at him. They go through the dope house quickly to their room that's waiting in the back. Home sweet home, he thinks, sardonically to himself. As they stand facing each other on the conflict, continues to wage heartless, has her back to the wall that their bed is pressed up against. Smiling a smile he knows will provoke her, he stands facing her and suddenly he perceives the shadow people come through the wall behind her. In the light it only appeared like a shimmering anomaly, like heat waves rising and the distance horizon when the temperature soars into the hundreds. And when the light bends as it passes through the conclave glass, Mayhem ignores what his mind perceives, no longer willing to be made to fool and appear as if he was finally become insane, turning slightly to reach for a smoke, he pulls his eyes away from her only for a moment. And as he's turning back to face a very furious heartless, and or should I say the queen, off with his head, is her sole intent now. That's rampaging in front of him. He catches her making eye contact with the shimmering anomaly standing on both sides of him. 
I caught you, he exclaims with a sly grin. Caught what, she says back, trying to appear confused by his last statement. You'll not get me to say what. Again, refusing to acknowledge the shadows that dwell within the shadows, shadowing her shadowy heart. Uh-uh-uh, you won't get me to sound crazy anymore. But I caught you looking, and that and just laughs as he continues to ignore the supernatural. On the nightstand, there's a lamp, and without any kind of reasonable explanation, he hears the switch turn, making an unexpected click-click noise that accompanies the completion of its rotation on and off switch, causing the lamp to shut off. Like a bad actor in a cheesy B-movie, Heartless reacts to the light being turned off with a dramatic show of being startled. Ah! She screams and jumps away from the nightstand the lamp is resting on. The whole time he's analyzing her body language, reading the move clearly and notes her delayed response and coupled with the fact that he just caught her making eye contact with something that shouldn't be there but yet was. Oh, he coos to her. It's only a light bulb, honey. Big deal. I mean, you're going to have to do better than that if you hope to scare me. He disengages from the argument heartless his heart is heartlessly heaped upon his broken heart without caring if those strange drug fuel anomalies that shouldn't be there would try to attack him more directly because he couldn't wait for one of them to pop into existence so he could finally break a few necks. He had quit allowing the spells and sorcery he willingly cast upon his own head to control his emotions and drive him to a point that teetered on a precipice of madness. So he turns away with the knowledge that Heartless had once again tried to sow the seeds of fear and worry that would render mayhem powerless to defend the battlements that were protecting his heart and soul. Looking back with blind eyes that can see with perfect vision, I do believe that was the one major event that only served to wash mayhem of the fear that threatened what God had purposed for him and also served in strengthening his faith and causing him to believe the many unfortunate events that had brought him to that day. Proof. More proof put before the court. Proof of what, though? Proof of the supernatural? Proof that demons did walk among us? Proof that murder was a plot being plotted on the planter's nut who was plotting his own damn plot on those damn plickety-plotting plotters that were plotting on the planter his nutty ass? Yet again, the revelations of demons and plots and plotters and those gut feelings which seemed to never go away could only do after being revealed so clearly that even a blind man said, Ah, what's this I see? caused mayhem for perhaps a thousandth time that week a question to his faith and love and God's plan and reminded himself that yes he was in Jesus' loving hands and no man could pluck him from him so on that day mayhem threw all his worries and cares upon his cross and dug in for another epic vertical joy ride into the mind of a lunatic fox unlike last time though he was determined to document every amazing encounter and event and in so doing proved that yes he had stumbled into the rabbit hole of Allison's demented biography and despite the protest given from the mouth of old Heartless, he wasn't crazy. Well, yeah, he was crazy, but he wasn't stupid and he wasn't just seeing shit. So here's where we begin the story in Act 2. try to compare the two parts of this story to see which one is more amazing and confounding than the other. But at last, I must ask you to judge for yourself. Heartless will introduce Mayhem to the smartphone for the first time in his life. 
through the protest, but to no avail because her relentless nagging would eventually wear down his resolve. He would later discover that the device that he hated so much for the simple and basic reasons which I will explain to all you guys later, but for now the one he knew and called to him to protest within his spirit was that it would quite possibly be a portal straight to hell. They didn't stay at the man trap that was disguised as a house meant to lure him into a sense of safety, but they would return later in that story. Oh yeah, they will return. Mayhem is always on guard now because he was a career veteran unwilling to reoffend, would plead and cajole heartless into leaving that man trap they had staged before they could spring it. So they left and went to one of her heartless's best friend's house to stay at that wasn't welcome. To stay at stay a state that wasn't welcome. I give it to those two though because despite all the crazy bullcrap they would have still had priceless moments when the love forgotten from a time long ago would tear down their walls they had built their world gone mad. In those rare rare moments they were blessed to share joy and happiness that they thought would, that they never thought existed. struggled in those next couple months as he tried desperately and valiantly to understand where he was standing and without a doubt understood where he stood the whole time praying to Jesus to guide him in his heart to that sweet by and by Lord by and by but he knew without a shadow of a doubt that he had gained his salvation for our father who art in heaven by believing in his son Jesus Christ to the remaining of his sins. The words of wisdom that God had infused in him would echo through his mind, transcending space and time. He said, you got to stand for something. For all for anything. If you agree on the, this here, y'all, one of you know where the next man standing at. Especially if you stand next to him.
fighting the heartless for days and exhausted from the dope mayhem walks out and sits down on the backyard and begins talking to God who by the way was paying very close attention to the words left unspoken in his heart pouring out his heart to God it begins with the utmost common question I believe we all ask that proverbial why why God this why God that explains a broken and contrite mayhem desperate for that aha moment we all have heard of you know that divine moment that God touches you and decides to transform your life like the wing swept tips of a butterfly and suddenly everything in life is brand new even you and you can miraculously see the world how God intended for us to see it God I know you're there something like it and to his other surprise God, God finally gave him that aha moment and with it the knowledge and more importantly the emotional understanding of it all to occur in his life suddenly he began crying as the revelation dawned within his soul and his faith and belief became so tangible it was quite capable of casting all the shadows of doubt from his heart they tried all the time to convince him Convinces we're not worthy to ask for forgiveness for the gift of God that He tried to give us in His Son's death is given freely, but yeah, not really. One cannot fully grasp the magnitude of what that truly means if one cannot grasp the act of confessing and surrendering fully to God unless he or she has put forth the effort needed in the responses that that effort and that understanding will provoke inside a person's soul as it sprung forth from their hearts as tears of sorrow and joy and you find a desire to break out in song yeah Jesus bought us all for a ransom paid is paid and he paid with the most precious things we have in his life blood, sweat, and tears is how that bill got paid and if we haven't sat down and thought long hard enough those thoughts don't in turn lead to shed at least one tear for what he had done out of love for you and I. Well, my friend, you might not have that love when you say you do as you ride that church pew. Another response that will suffice to cast away those religious dignities and joyous ones. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Are you singing to your God? Do you know that this is the mountaintop for life? But that's what they do like. So that morning, man sheds the first tears of salvation and gains that which he had sought for so long and with that single glimmering tear being shed sent out a vibration that was felt throughout the cosmos for the heavens on fire also shed a tear when he finally seen his prodigal son could he see in the distance returning from a journey he thought he would never see him return from Ralph has a man looked to the heavens and are moved by the compassion and love God has for men Angels are always blinded by the contradictions love passes outside of heaven. They don't know blind.
suffer, but they have eternal and have always known God. So they can't fully grasp the effort it takes to go against something that is a second nature to seek a thing they cannot see. But they love God in their own unconditional ways. And they did feel the torment and relief God was feeling as mayhem allowed God to shine through him. Yes, I do believe God. And that day also was very soon mayhem to find himself surrounded by a legion of hell's finest. But this time he was ready for all these little surprises. There's little many, many surprises, though, that lay in waiting for mayhem. Everyone would leave him more confounded and confused, but always amazed, too. Even though he would be blown away time and time again by the amazing reality he finds himself living. <laughs> Those revelations would fuel desire inside him to burst out in song, singing praises unto God with a heartfelt desire to only please him as God casts his shadow over his wretched soul. In fact, before this new saga started, man was still locked in a box full of lollipops trying to stay sucker free. He, he had did just that. He began to write poetry declaring his love to God, but at the time he still was having trouble dealing. If God was a gangster, and it was his turn to deal, there'd be nothing wild but to deal to realist the real. Well, that's the first part, anyways. Later, we realized to what degree and depths these words spoken so softly and strung together would descend into. But at last, mistake of paying too close attention to the ramblings of a lunatic fox that his new model in life that was wrote across his heart was Proverbs 27:17. Iron sharpens iron, so does one man his friend. Later he would think if that ain't some gangster shit, my father who art in heaven put the pen. Laughing my ass out, man. Quite literally and metaphorically, these words would carry mayhem across the sands of time. Traverse the cosmos with his whacked out space monkey and told parallel the perpendicular parallels that parallel the worlds traveling through the veils that had been torn a long, long time ago and that had been steeped in the mysteries of the human heart. Every chance he seemed to get as he skywalked through his altered destiny, declaring his heart to the heavens, Hartland would inevitably convince him to leave the state and seek refuge at the same as some long lost cousins who probably recall wasn't even currently found his address known as Phoenix City. Anticipation as he played out the computations within his imagination with man's intuition told him that 
come forth to head in his direction. For the speed ahead is something, his cobras are only orders to that whacked out space monkey of his. Relentless in his hot pursuit to acquire that which would balance the scales of God, I have spoken briefly about the contradictions that dwell in all our lives, and while an attempt could have been made to explain those paradoxes and how they become applicable to our lives, it would be pointless to do so without a very clear attempt of comparison. Love, my friends, the real love only spoken of in tragic tales and some ancient fables does exist on both sides of the pendulum of time. On one side, it was rainbows and butterflies, and on the other side, where only pain and turmoil and other angles dwelt in the shadows, love would shine brighter than a thousand suns. Actually, only on the side of suffering does real love find its purest form and its value gathers the worth that's priceless. Heartless and mayhem now find themselves spying and through their chaotic lives swept up in the eternal force love becomes when it is loosened upon the earth and in the heavens, both trying to hide the homicidal intent that was coursing through their hearts unbeknownst to one to the other. Mayhem and Heartless arrive with the promise of a new life together. With these promises, though, unfortunately life again would throw them more disappointments just as quickly. But as it's still some distance in the new horizon dawning in their new life, they lay around and withdraw as opinions to do anything about it. The irony was in those times they would be the happiest with one another. After a week or so, Mayhem become determined to make something shake. Mayhem, heartless, always with the inferior complex when it came to the hustlers lost for words, seeing as how they knew no one could come up on. Mayhem had up until that time been content to sit back and watch her bust suckers heads in the game, more than happy to back her every move letting her deal with the crap that comes in the game. Now though he sets off in a new stage, a strange realm like an alien in a lost land looking for friendly like neighbors that hopefully spoke some lost tongue he spoke. He had a knock for manifesting the desires of his heart so he quickly explores the surroundings and finds a place that looked exactly like a place where birds of the same feather flock together in the fallacy we believe might fall the black holes that refuse to relinquish his grasp upon our hearts. He sees a few people sitting around on rusty lawn chairs that sat on it decaying and riding porch that was haphazard and resting against a double wide trailer looking like his kind of people. He approaches with caution, like the predatory cat that approaches his prey from a wind, not the revealing scent, stalked in the crouch hidden in the grass, not wanting to speak to her, he walks up with an innocent enough inquiry to order, in order to break the ice. <laughs> hey, what's up, Billy? He says cheerfully, even though he was dosy. Just moved into the neighborhood and just live around the corner there. He continues to explain to them. Introductions are made all around, and the funny glances being tossed his way failed to deter him in his pursuit to plug that damn rocket ship of his into some high-grade octane. The gorilla always pounded from within, demanding to be fed and let out to play. He must, he must. Nah. Shut up, you funk monkey, he shouted at the monkey on his back to no avail. So he cast the line with a baited hook he hoped the local natives would bite on. Bait being fresh tattoos, he knew too. He knew too that 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 little pleased to tackle the most common fish in the smallest ponds were bought on after only a few good casts, and he was a hell of a salesman on top of that. Even though he doesn't score, the groundwork was laid for another day. 
you first, you're going to see. Try, try again. As always, with mayhem, harvest becomes uncooperative in the pursuit, even though the promise of scorn will start on the look very promising. She absolutely refuses to go with him to acquaint themselves to Lulu Graham, and he's forced to go it alone. He does better that way, really, than Damon. It's easier to open the doors needed to be opened with one when alone. After a few days, though, the job they were expecting for, for him to start that their cousin had blanched to get him on their arrival, so he turns to the first disappointment that was waiting on them. So they decided to throw in the town, retrace their steps to more familiar parts in order to provide the necessities that fueled their daily lives. They began making plans to leave. Day, her cousin calls from work with the news that he was able to deliver on the promises to find a new home. Just as quickly, they decided to try and stack the deck in their favor in their flight of justice. So they settled back into the withdrawals that Fred was resolved he's going to need in order to hold on to that promise of love that's traveled faster than my mind could fathom on a crash course that was set into motion wonders and signs that still caused me to pause and think. I fear I've gone mad. But I haven't, and even if I had, ask yourself this, exactly, question everything, so back to the story. Mayhem goes to work the next day at an ironworking factory, and yes, you guessed it, he's actually sharpening iron, <laughs> the irony. Well, with the means to be able to provide for their survival now, things are beginning to look up. Of course, Mayhem's exhausted when he gets off work that first day, seeing how he has been resting his neck for the past year, tucked away in the lost caves that dotted his stained and tarnished record. Halfway through the day, exhaustion overtook him and doubt began to creep into his cloudy mind. He started to doubt his ability to step up like the man Harvest was asking him to be. But true to form, as soon as his manhood came into question, his resolve to see these things through turned into a concrete conviction. So instead of allowing the weakness and exhaustion that hit his knees about to buckle, he began to pray to the Father in heaven. Please, Lord, give me the strength to see this through. He has Cuckoo, the gorilla who's back. Mayhem screams at the space monkey in his mind's eyes. Shut up, nobody's talking to you. And he's met with silence. Sorry, God. The monkey won't leave me alone. I only fed the damn thing once, and now it's always wearing this ugly mug demanding to be fed. He continues to pray. Thoughts of God's disapproval hinder his prayers, but it didn't matter that moment came. Grace was already being poured out in abundance on old Mayhem's life. Only that he needed to tap into it with this desire and the words spoken so softly in order to activate those wonderful blessings that God tries to pour into Mayhem's life and wants to pour into everyone else is also really just so desired in, in our hearts truly. That evening, unfortunately, that monkey kept relentlessly to nag at the back of his mind, so he calls home in a last-ditch effort to finagle and finesse a few bucks from his family to his surprise. His grandmother greets the rhyme 50 bucks. He can't believe his luck. Waiting on the wire to process, his motors began cranking, gears started turning, desires started burning, cravings, turns, and yearning. You get my drift. Not knowing anyone and without wheels, the chances of a quick score look slim indeed. But give credit where credit's due, though, because when the odds were stacked against him, is where that lunatic worked his best magic tricks. The previous day's excursions to map out the new jungle for his pet were met rocket monkey to play in and had already given him a point of reference so he would 
so we could decide, deceive, devise a scheme of skywalking. A few hours go by at a snail's pace until finally with money in hand he sets out to find the high-grade octane that damn twacked out gorilla wanted to use. Who, who, who? That gorilla hooed into the midst of his drug-fueled mind for the thousandth time, perhaps that week alone. Silence, he orders him, and it reluctantly obeys. Well, it doesn't take him long, and bada-bing, bada-boom, he scores a home run. Dad started looking up for those two finally, and they set into the process of tweaking and twacking, with their talent records out, twerking in the twilight zone. First night was great. The dope was coursing through his veins at optimal levels when the day dawns, and armed with a sharpened iron once again, like a good soldier he is. Well, at this point, his journey over that was sexually erotic with a demented bent. He had a choice that needed chosen, and he had to choose that chosen choice. All in and mayhem, instead of choosing that right choice, we all are asked to choose. What's he choosing, you ask? Well, I'll tell you since you ask. Are we going to trust God for what the Word has to say? To his own astonishment, he kept on choosing his one free will choice to Solomon himself. And this is here is where the saga starts to gain momentum, steadily building to the dramatic suspense with the revelations that has sent ripples that could be felt throughout the cosmos. Mayhem had at this time been going around playing fool's fool, getting played by fool, but mm, he had been keeping a very close eye on the plot being plotted as he plotted his own damn plot. As he as these things began to turn up a notch for mayhem, he would sit back and reflect on the events that had already occurred and he had conveyed through thus far. quite sure that she had absolutely been out, been in on the plot to do whatever was being done in an attempt to discredit, destroy, and bring him to a very early demise. At some point in Mayhem's many walks in the in-between, he started to tell Harless from a personal perspective that he thought of a very important thing to do, that being look to look down and see where everyone was standing, and what he was standing on exactly. He began to sincerely tell her this because of him wanting to be not tied in a knot in marriage and he required a desire to be transparent with her and he was hoping to draw out of her anything she might be holding back. He goes on like this for a few hours trying to reassure her of his love. After two or three hours, Harvest breaks and begins to rant and rave, surprising the hell out of Mayhem. She pulls her hat down over her head with that both hands in frustration and disbelief all the while saying to no one in particular, he was right. He was right, but how could he have known? She continued saying it over and over. He was right. He was right. Right about everything. But yeah, how? 
Christ, whose glory through the final year has saved us. Chapter 1, Lotso. So here we go again, ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully you see things. Chapter 1, Plots plotted on the plotless land. That plotted on the plant is none. Man has finally came to a place where the water smoothed to a peaceful rhythmic buoyancy. As the release date he has been waiting on swiftly moves towards him. He's stronger now than before. Looks different in so many different ways that to the outside looker looking in, one wouldn't even recognize him anymore. But one thing for certain, his being still simmered within his broken heart. Heartless and mayhem had went to jail together and both sunk to the ocean's depth. But she was later sprung before mayhem could swim back to shallow shores the world called freedom. She stayed in contact with him to his utter amazement and conjured and whispered sweet nothings to Mayhem with the promise of love. All the while, Mayhem fought the desire to commit homicide in order to get it. The scales that had been weighed against him on that spectacular 4th of July that had just passed. Found himself constantly questioning himself on whether or not he should let go and let God sort it out so he could just move on with his life. The less baggage thing, the better. Love and revenge pulled the mayhem though until eventually, as that release date was upon him, he decided to enter into the killing grounds God had conveyed and delivered him for one year past. That's how long it had taken mayhem to reascend from the ocean's depth, gasping for a breath of fresh air like the drowning man his soul had become. No more, though. Never again. But God had breathed a new life within his spirit. And when that door finally did open, off he went in pursuit of the greatest love he'd ever known. And to receive the revelation of that smoking gun, he knew Heartless had hid under that stained mattress. She never seemed to leave. That's where we pick back up in this tangled web that wove. He goes back to his old stopping grounds where he earned his stripes. He so proudly put on parade for the whole world to see. He had left that place a decade past with a vow to never return. The world changed too much. Too many new faces to ever feel like home again. After he'd yet again been set free from the ocean's embrace. That's neither here nor now, so allow me to adjust our course. Heartless is waiting on him as he steps out, and of course, true to form, Fat Boy is the ride needed in order to swoop in and rescue Mayhem. They pulled into the side of Hard Knocks that's known as the Crossroads. Kawinky Dink? I think not. Red flags are raised, gut feelings are pinging, and this time, oh yeah, this time. says nothing though continues to play his hand closely they bring him to another house he would later proceed bringing over with the dignity of hell 
man, he remains cool and collected. But he's prepared for this over the course of that last year. Driven by this passionate desire, we all find ourselves chasing like a beggar to range, begging for the same damn chains. Love. Yeah. That was definitely one of the things driving him. A desire to find that smoking gun also fueled a fire within him. That if he was not too, if he was not careful, would eventually consume him. They take him to a very wealthy side of town and walk him into the next stage that had been set yet again to entrap him on so many levels. And at even bigger levels, too. <laughs> oh, Haslos laughs in the shadows at that trap and whispers to Heartless his mind. May not escape this time as he twiddles his claws in the dark recesses hidden from the light. Mayhem walks boldly into the main trap and of the nefarious vibrations that permeates from their dark hearts. He turns to Heartless and says, I don't like the feel of this place at all. He finishes going, I feel like I'm surrounded. Heartless dismisses the statement with an ease only she can pull off. They quickly fall into the routine of tweaking and twacking in the twilight zone. All the while, he's observing them with the microscopic attention only God has for his own creations. thought he was and he wasn't made of the things that he chose to share in. He had chosen to share in the misery of others' lives with him. If for no other reason than to have company in the hell and the handbasket this world had become. Just because he chose to sink to 20,000 leagues doesn't mean that the things that sink those who unfortunately refuse to let go of the things that sink them. It mean man defined life by those sunken stones. 20,000 leagues was the depth man had been descending to since he was at least 10 years old. I hope to get into depths that we wonder mind a little later in this tale, but it serves no purpose here. Man, driven by the desire to find love, and if not at least that, then that smoking gun falls victim to a space monkey again, like a dog that returns to his own vomit, or a pig after being washed wallows in the mud. Mayhem begins to shoot dope again. Unlike last time, though, he has a purpose of driving through those dry places where we tend to stall traveling down Lies Highway. He has Ralphie as an old man also back in his six. Even though he wasn't aware of them quite yet. He had God and his son Jesus back in his every move also. Even that revelation hadn't been given yet either. He did, though, and anyone with eyes to see and ears to hear see the heavens moving for God's lost son. He finds his mind wandering back to the events of 4th of July and the supernatural revelations that have been revealed to Mayhem. When it would on those initial instances inside his mind, he began to make mental lists of each event as if it had transpired. His first list looked a little like this. His first list looked a little like this. The first event, a visible worm. Second event, this gangster's turned the devil. 
man. Hey, look at me. That's all I'm at. Three or four weeks have passed. Who begins to difference in this pursuit of studying the phenomenal existence of the damn Archmage? He spends days chasing down leads that would help to piece together the events that shaped his story. That was one of the things no one knew about him. He was a obsessive compulsive in more ways than one. He could spot random patterns and remember noises and sounds and numbers on a level that would drive most months. He had seen God's design in a pattern that spoke to the innermost part of his spirit, and once that pattern was revealed, well, man, you had no choice really on whether or not he would so desire to see the whole picture. He sets out to learn about the Tower of Babel, the water barrier, and his vision shadows swirling around him through his peripheral vision. His faith has been renewed in God, so that this time when the attack that he knows he has coming his way comes, he'll be not made for the fool everyone thought him played for. Three weeks after being released, Mayhem revives. Old Frankenstein, the innocent and sick shooting tattoo gun that has been like an extension of his arm, immediately finds himself amongst long-lost friends from the time of his youth. They're also in the business of ice cream. You scream, y'all scream for ice cream. You bet your sweet ass that I mean that. So heartless a man take off to sling some ink to those lost patrons, patrons from boyhood. He arrives to be received with a welcome reception and quickly finds a very young and nubile redhead claiming to be his old friend's daughter. Heartless's demeanor changes suddenly and he knows that look. She tried so desperately to hide the look of jealousy and insecurity. He tries to reassure her of his love for her, but he already knows his efforts are futile. Instead, he focuses all of his attention on the task he has set before him. He has the time of his life, and sometime during the evening, Heartless starts wanting to leave with the payment of dope he had just received for the services being rendered and no longer able to watch him. Any longer decides to return to her own dope to turn it into cash. Before all that happens over, Mayhem is still fixed and driven by the desire to prove to at least himself and hopefully the world about those damn water bears. <laughs> As he begins to do tattoos, all is fine until an hour or so in. And for reasons he doesn't realize at first, the influence taken. He drills a little deeper always looking for the redhead over for signs that he was going to go in too deep. Nothing, nothing he attempts works. He struggles to figure out why his tools he's using to apply his trade would suddenly just quit working. The ink stopped coming out of his ink slinging sheet, sick shooting tattoo machine. He dips the tip into his ink well for long periods of time, hoping that would be a solution to his problem. He can only apply cold hard steel to skin. No ink. As he racks his mind for a solution to the dilemma and the desperation because he knows this is a great job opportunity if he could prove his worth as an accomplished artist. After an hour or so spent in his wheels, intuition dawns in his cloudy and frustrated mind. Those damn water bears. The light bulb over his head flashes on and just as quickly explodes as he questions himself. What else could it be, right? 
the reasons he rationalized it as the mechanics that operate on Frank the tattoo machine he totally began to break down into the statistics and laws that govern motion, liquids and friction, etc, etc, and so on. See what I mean about Mayhem's lunatic mind? He realizes it's a damn near impossibility for the ink, which is basically a liquid consistent with the water, to not fall from the reservoir that's holding it. Especially when it's moved, being pushed out by a rod that's moving at 1100 RPM a minute. Something is to be blocking the hole, and in his mind, it can only be those sneaky ass tardigrades. Mayhem decides to spray out the barrel of old Franklin tattoo machine, and so he does, and to his amazement, he's rewarded for his curiosity that dwells in the unimaginable. Heartless is still there, but the night was still young, and so he peers down into the reservoir to see the milky white substance that looks like a lead, looks after being coughed up from the lungs of a long-time dedicated smoker. He has made it his mission in life to reveal the truth of those fucking worms to himself, and if not to the world, then at least to Heartless. She, in turn, has made it her mission in life to convince him that he was nuts, and she was good, too. He turns to show her what he has found inside the barrel of the tattoo gun, and of course, she refuses to acknowledge the evidence being put forth. <clears throat> they can't really discuss the theories that propelled him into this madness without causing the redhead to second-guess the endeavors she had set out to accomplish with him. Mayhem only laughs at Heartless and at her refusal to look at the good proof he was presenting to the court. The redhead sees the secret away they engage each other and decides that she wants in on whatever it is that this smirk plastered across Mayhem's face. <laughs> Man, the redhead prepares to light the fuse on the rocket ship Mayhem's space monkey is straddling right to the moon and back that twacked out funk monkey funky monkey and says back. Heartless soon leaves to go do whatever the queens of the abyss do when the witching hour is upon us all and leaves Mayhem to his own devices. The redhead picks up, pokes, and finally plucks from him while he was laughing, thinking that she was a, she could handle the trappings of a lunatic fox's mind and still have a good time. He reveals his thoughts on the subject to water bears and quickly begins to drive everyone nuts. But soon the early morning hours bring it with it a masterpiece of a tattoo and a new day that's about to dawn on yet another amazing puzzling piece. Thankful to be done with the planter's nut that's old mayhem, she quickly calls Heartless to come and relieve her of the burden she had left behind. Heartless soon pulls up in a brand new red Mustang she has paid some couple a little dope in order to rent a car for the day so they can spend it on a on round of picnics and petting each other like it was little funny bear bunny rabbits. <laughs> That's what she told him he was. I don't know what she really had in mind, waiting in store for him, but in no time at all, it quickly became apparent that it wasn't going to be what he initially expected. Mayhem kisses her as they gather his tools and uses the finest trade, and off they went to that cool morning air that had just dawned, feeling really good about his future because he had managed to walk the 300 plus of gas and no folk jump in and feel sell off into the wind. He hands her his fruits of the labor, wanting nothing but to please his woman. Heartless begins at Latin and desires that she wants him and her to go do it. I want to go do this. Well, on that, she says, all excited like a little school girl. Mayhem assures her every time with a loving response along the lines of so that 
know, do this thing, please, baby. She comes back with, that's my love. Again, it ensures her. Well, how about this thing? And that too, she asks all the while that happiness is exhibiting seems to be bubbling over as this being gives her the reassurances that they can go do whatever her heart so desires. Then, without any warning, Heartless says to him, without any emotion in her voice, I want to take you somewhere that's very isolated and lonely. Bane's gut pings in alarm and the memories begin to rise to the surface from the depths of his mind concerning the very real threat Heartless poses to his welfare. The 4th of July flashes through his mind from the previous year and with it the fact that she knew and participated in those sad events. Slightly reach for a smoke, he pulls his eyes away from it only for a moment. 
as he's turning back to face a very furious Heartless. And, or should I say, the Queen, off with his head. It's her soul intent now that's rampaging in front of him. He catches her making eye contact with the shimmering anomaly standing on both sides of him. I caught you, he exclaims with a sly grin. Caught what, she says back, trying to appear confused by his last statement. You're not getting me to say what. Again, refusing to acknowledge the shadows that dwell within the shadows, shadowing her shadowy heart. Uh-uh-uh. You won't get me to sound crazy anymore. But I caught you looking. And that and just laughs as he continues to ignore the supernatural. On the nightstand, there's a lamp without any kind of reasonable explanation. He hears the switch turn, making an unexpected click-click noise that accompanies the completion of his rotation on and off switch causing the lamp to shut off. Like a bad actor in a cheesy B-movie, Heartless reacts to the light being turned off with a dramatic show of being startled. Ah! She screams and jumps away from the nightstand the lamp is resting on. The whole time he's analyzing her body language, reading the mood, he clearly notes her delayed response and coupled with the fact that he just caught her making eye contact with something that shouldn't be there but yet was. Oh, he coos to it. It's only a life all on a big deal. I mean, you can have to do better than that if you want to scare me. He disengages from the argument heartless his heart. Heartless and heaped upon his broken heart without caring if those strange drug-fueled novels that shouldn't be there would try to attack him more directly because he couldn't wait for one of them to pop into existence so he could finally break a few necks. He had quit around the spells of sorcery he willingly cast upon his own head to control his emotions and drive him to a point that teetered on a precipice of madness. So he turns away with the knowledge that Heartless had once again tried to sow the seeds of fear and worry that would render mayhem powerless to defend the battles that were protecting his heart and soul. Looking back with blind eyes at the seed of perfect vision, I do believe that was the one major event that only served to watch mayhem of the fear that threatened what God had purposed for him and also served and strengthened his faith and caused him to believe the many unfortunate events that had brought him to that day. Proof. More proof put before the court. Proof of what, though? Proof of the supernatural. Proof that demons did walk among us. Proof that murder was a plot being plotted on the planter's nut who was plotting his own damn plot on those damn clickety-plotting plotters that was plotting on the planter's his nutty ass. Yet again, the revelations of demons and plots and plotters and those gut feelings which seemed to never go away could only do after being revealed so clearly that even a blind man said, Ah, what's this I see? Caused mayhem for perhaps a thousandth time that week and questioned his faith and love and God's plan and reminded himself that yes, he was in Jesus' loving hands and no man could pluck him from it. So on that day, Mayhem threw all his worries and cares upon his cross and dug in for another epic vertical joy ride into the mind of the moon-tailed fox. Unlike last time, though, he was determined to document every amazing encounter and event and in so doing proved that, yes, he had stumbled into the rabbit hole of Alice's Dominion biography despite the protest given from the mouth of old Heartless. He was crazy. Well, yeah, he was crazy.
Chapter 1. Lots. So here we go again, ladies and gentlemen. Buckle your seatbelts. Chapter 1. Plots plotted on the plotters that plotted on the planter's nut. Mayhem has finally came to a place where the water smoothed to a peaceful rhythmic buoyance. As the release date he has been waiting on swiftly moves towards him. He's stronger now than before. Looks different in so many different ways that to the outside looker looking in. One wouldn't even recognize him anymore. But one thing for certain. Revenge still simmered within his broken heart. Heartless and Mayhem had went to jail together. And both sunk to the ocean's depth. But she was later sprung before Mayhem could... Swim back to shallow shores the world called freedom. She stayed in contact with him to his utter amazement and conjoled and whispered sweet nothings to Mayhem with the promise of love. All the while, Mayhem fought the desire to commit homicide and ordered even the scales that had been weighed against him on that spectacular 4th of July that had just passed. He found himself constantly questioning himself on whether or not he should let go and let God sort it out so he could just move on with his life. Less baggage, the, the better. Love and revenge pulled at Mayhem, though, until eventually, as that release date was upon him, he desires the errand to the killing grounds God had conveyed and delivered him from one year past. That's how long it had taken Mayhem to reascend from the ocean's depth, gasping for a breath of fresh air like the drowning man his soul had become. No more, though. Never again. But God had breathed a new life within his spirit. And when that door finally did open, off he went in pursuit of the greatest love he had ever known. And to receive the revelation of that smoking gun, he knew Heartless had lit his under that stained mattress. She never seemed to leave. That's where we pick back up in this tangled web that wove. He goes back to his old stop of grounds. We had earned his stripes. He so proudly put on parade for the whole world to see. He had left that place a decade past with a vow to never return. The world changed too much. Too many new faces to ever feel like home again. After he'd yet again been set free from the ocean's embrace. That's neither here nor now, so allow me to adjust our course. Heartless is waiting on him as he steps out, and of course, true to form, Fat Boy is the ride needed in order to swoop in and rescue Mayhem. They pulled into the side of Hard Knocks that's known as the Crossroads. Kawinky dink? I think not. Red flags of raised gut feelings of pinging in this time. Oh yeah, this time. Mayhem hears and feels him. He says nothing, though, and continu continues to play his hand closely. They bring him to another house he would later proceed brimming over with the denizens of hell. Mayhem remains cool and collected, but he's prepared for this over the course of that last year. Driven by a passionate desire, we all find ourselves chasing like a beggar deranged, begging for the same damn change. Love. Yeah, that was definitely one of the things driving him. A desire to find that smoking gun also fueled a fire within him. 
and if he was not too if he was not careful would eventually consume him they take him to a very wealthy side of town and walk him into the next stage that had been set yet again to entrap him on so many levels and with even bigger devils too <laughs> oh asmos laughs in the shadows at that trap and whispers the heartless his mind He'll not escape this time as he twiddles his claws in the dark recesses hidden from the light. Mayhem walks boldly into the man trap and immediately feels of the nefarious vibrations that permeates from their dark hearts. He turns to Heartless and says, I don't like the feel of this place at all. And he finishes with, I feel like I'm surrounded. Heartless dismisses the statement with an ease only she can pull off. They quickly fall into the routine of tweaking and twacking in the twilight zone. All the while, he's observing them with the microscopic attention only God has for his own creations. Mayhem isn't remotely what the world has thought he was, and he wasn't made of the things that he chose to share in. He had chosen to share in the misery of others' lives willingly, if for no other reason than to have company in the hell in the handbasket this world had become. Just because he chose to sink to 20,000 leagues doesn't mean that the things that sink those who unfortunately refused to let go of the things that sink them didn't mean man defined life by those sunken stones. 20,000 leagues was the depth man had been descending to since he was at least 10 years old. I hope to give you the depths of his wondering in mind a little later in this tale, but it serves no purpose here. Mayhem driven by the desire to find love, and if not at least that, then that smoking gun falls victim to his space monkey again, and like a dog that returns to his own vomit, or a pig after being washed wallows in the mud, Mayhem begins to shoot dope again. Unlike last time, though, he has a purpose to drive him through those dry places where we tend to stall traveling down life's highway. He has Ralphius and O'Mail also back in his six even though he wasn't aware of them quite yet. He had God and his son Jesus back in his every move also. Even that revelation hadn't been given yet either. He did though, and anyone with eyes to see and ears to hear could see the heavens rooting for God's lost son. He finds his mind wandering back to the events of 4th of July and the supernatural revelations that had been revealed to Mayhem. When it would on those initial instances inside his mind, he began to make mental lists of each event as if it had transpired. His first list looked a little like this. His first list looked a little like this. The first event. Invisible worm. Second event was gangsters turned to devils. You know that's cool. The Pirate Tower of Babel. Find out what you can. Mayhem chewed on those things knowing that somehow they were connected. Somehow. Three or four weeks had passed and he begins to diligently pursue and study the phenomenal existence of those damn water bears. He spends his days 
chasing down leads that would help them piece together the events that shaped his story. That was one of the things no one knew about him. He was an obsessive compulsive in more ways than one. He could spot random patterns and remember noises and sounds and numbers on a level that would drive most nuts. He had seen God's design in a pattern that spoke to the innermost part of his spirit. And once that pattern was revealed, well, man had no choice really on whether or not he would so desire to see the whole picture. He sets out to learn about the Tower of Babel, the water barrier, and revealed the light to the shadows swirling around him through his peripheral vision. His faith has been renewed in God, so that this time when the attack that he knows he has coming his way comes, he'll be not made for the fool everyone thought him played for. Three weeks after being released, Mayhem revised. Old Frankenstein, the ink-slinging, six-shooting tattoo gun that is being like an extension of his arm, immediately finds himself amongst long-lost friends from the time of his youth. They're also in the business of ice cream. You scream, you all scream for ice cream. You bet your sweet ass that I mean man. So heartless a man take off to sling some ink with those lost patrons from his boyhood. He arrives to be received with a welcome reception and quickly finds a very young and nubile redhead claiming to be his old friend's daughter. Heartless's demeanor changes suddenly and he knows that look she tries so desperately to hide. The look of jealousy and insecurity. He tries to reassure her of his love for her but he already knows his efforts are futile. Instead he focuses all of his attention on the task he has set before him. He has the time of his life, and sometime during the evening, Heartless starts wanting to leave with the payment of dope he had just received for his services being rendered, and no longer able to watch him, any longer decides to return to her own dope to turn it into cash. Before all that happens, though, Mayhem still fixed and driven by the desire to prove to at least himself and hopefully the world about those damn water bears. <laughs> As he begins to do tattoos, all's fine until an hour or so in, and for reasons he doesn't realize at first, the ink quench taken. He drills a little deeper, always looking for the redhead over for signs that he was gonna going too deep. Nothing, nothing he attempts works. He struggles to figure out why his tools he's using to apply his trade would suddenly just quit working. The ink stopped coming out of his ink slinging sh six shooting tattoo machine. He dips the tip into his ink well for long periods of time, hoping that would be a solution to his problem. The only apply cold hard steel to skin. No ink. As he racks his mind for a solution to the dilemma and the desperation because he knows this is a great job opportunity if he could prove his worth as an accomplished artist. After an hour or so spinning his wheels, intuition dawns in his clouded and frustrated mind. Those damn water bears. The light bulb over his head flashes on and just as quickly explodes as he questions himself. What else could it be, right? He reasons and rationalizes as the mechanics that operate old Frank the tattoo machine he's holding begin to break down into the statistics and laws that govern motion, liquids and friction, etc., etc., and so on. See what I mean about Mayhem's lunatic mind? He realizes it's a damn near impossibility for the ink, which is basically a liquid consistent with the water, to not fall from the reservoir that's holding it. 
especially when it's move, being pushed out by a rod that's moving at 1100 RPMs a minute. Something has to be blocking the hole, and in his mind, it can only be those sneaky-ass tardigrades. Mayhem decides to spray out the barrel of old Frank through tattoo machine, and so he does, and to his amazement, is rewarded for his curiosity that dwells in the unimaginable. Heartless is still there, but the night was still young, and he, so he peers down into the reservoir to see the milky white substance that looks like a loogie, looks after being coughed up from the lungs of a long-time dedicated smoker. He has made it his mission in life to reveal the truth of those fucking worms to himself, and he, if not to the world, then at least to Heartless. She, in turn, has made it her mission in life to convince him that he was nuts, and she was good, too. He turns to show her what he has found inside the barrel of the tattoo gun, and of course, she refuses to acknowledge the evidence being put forth. <clears throat> they can't really discuss the theories that propel him into this madness without causing the redhead to second-guess the endeavors she had set out to accomplish with them. Mayhem only laughs at Heartless and at her refusal to look at the gooey proof he was presenting to the court. The redhead sees the secret of the way they engage each other and decides that she wants in on whatever it is that this smirk plastered across Mayhem's face. <laughs> Man, the redhead prepares to light the fuse on the rocket ship Mayhem's space monkey is straddling, right? To the moon and back, that twacked out funk monkey, funky monkey says back. Heartless soon leaves to go do whatever queens of the abyss do when the witching hour is upon us all and leaves Mayhem to his own devices. The redhead picks up, pokes, and finally plucks from him while he was laughing, thinking that she was she could handle the trappings of a lunatic fox's mind and still have a good time. He reveals his thoughts on the subject of water bears and quickly begins to drive everyone nuts. But soon the early morning hours bring it with it a masterpiece of a tattoo and a new day that's about to dawn on yet another amazing puzzling piece. Thankful to be done with the planter's nut that's all mayhem, she quickly calls Heartless to come and relieve her of the burden she had left behind. Heartless soon pulls up in a brand new red Mustang she has paid some couple a little dope in order to rent a car for the day so they could spend it on a, on a round of picnics and petting each other like it was little funny bear bunny rabbits. <laughs> well, that's what she told him anyways. I don't know what she really had in mind and waiting in store for him, but in no time at all, it quickly became apparent that it wasn't going to be what he initially expected. Mayhem kisses her. As they gather his tools, he uses to ply his trade, and off they went into that cool morning air that had just dawned, feeling really good about his future because he'd managed to walk with 300 plus in cash and dope, both jump in feeling golden, sell off into the wind. He hands her the, his fruits of the labor, wanting nothing but to please his woman. Heartless begins at Latin and desires that she wants him and her to go do. I want to go do this. Well, on that, she says, all excited like a little schoolgirl. Mayhem assures her every time with a loving response along the lines of, so, baby, we can go do whatever you want. Can we go do this then, please, baby? She comes back with. Yes, my love. Again, he assures her. Well, how about this then? And that too, she asks all the while that happiness is exhibiting seems to be bubbling over as this. He again gives her the reassurances that they can go do whatever her heart. 
sold his eyes. Then, without any warning, Heartless says to him without any emotion in her voice, I want to take you somewhere that's very isolated and alone. Mayhem's gut pings in alarm and the memories begin to rise to the surface from the depths of his mind concerning the very real threat Heartless poses to his welfare. The 4th of July flashes through his mind from the previous year and with it the fact that she knew and participated in those said events. In turn, bringing the homicidal intent that had threatened to consume him in his hatred for her betrayal come next. Mayhem turns to look at her with all this coursing through his mind and says, You know, baby, I can only hope that you mean what you say where it concerns us. I can only hope for this crazy thing you proclaim in love. When you see me trying to walk this thing out with God and change what needs changing so I can be the best man I can be. And that you deserve to have in my love, but there's some shit I just have to ask God for forgiveness for. And with that being said, I fucking love you. So let's go. Instantly, Heartless turns into the driver's seat as they barrel down the highway and say, I can't believe you just threatened to fucking kill me. Mayhem catches the slip she just made in her last statement. You see, unbeknownst to almost all is the fact that Mayhem's personal interest was to study human behavior. In fact, he had been studying human behavior since he was 13 years old on the cartilage level. That was just one of the many faucets that captured Mayhem's interest in life. Only one, but a very big one that made Mayhem the dangerous and cunning opponent that he was and still is. So he knew that that last statement issuing from the cold and callous heart of Heartless was the motive drip driving her thought process. She slipped and she knew it too. So she became angry that he was able to make her stumble revealing the plot being plotted in this planted nut plantation. Mayhem begins to pray in song in a very sarcastic way hoping to provoke the demons that dwell within the sorceress that is the coin of hearts. So instead of enjoying the day of around picnics and fucking like little fucking little bunny rabbits, they go back to the house they were currently renting, the back room. Always the back room with these two. Arguing the whole way, they finally arrive, never letting up as the argument steadily escalates on her side. He refused to give any kind of quarter and remains unaffected by the barrage of accusations that she throws at him. They go through the dope house quickly to the room that's waiting in the back. Home sweet home, he thinks, sardonically to himself. As they stand facing each other on the conflict, continues to wage heartless, has her back to the wall that their bed is pressed up against. Smiling a smile he knows will provoke her, he stands facing her, and suddenly he perceives the shadow people come through the wall behind her. In the light, it only appeared like a shimmering anomaly, like heat waves rising and distance horizons when the temperature soars into the hundreds. And when the light bends as it passes through the conclave glass, my man ignores what his mind perceives, no longer willing to be made to fool and appear as if he was finally become insane, turning slightly to reach for a smoke, he pulls his eyes away from her only for a moment. And as he's turning back to face a very furious heartless, and or should I say the queen, off with his head, is her sole intent now. That's rampaging in front of him. He catches her making eye contact with the shimmering anomaly standing on both sides of him. 
I caught you, he explains with a sly grin. Caught what, she says back, trying to appear confused by his last statement. You'll not get me to say what. Again, refusing to acknowledge the shadows that dwell within the shadows, shadowing her shadowy heart. Uh-uh-uh, you won't get me to sound crazy anymore. But I caught you looking, and that and just laughs as he continues to ignore the supernatural. On the nightstand, there's a lamp, and without any kind of reasonable explanation, he hears the switch turn, making an unexpected click-click noise that accompanies the completion of its rotation on and off switch, causing the lamp to shut off. Like a bad actor in a cheesy B-movie, Heartless reacts to the light being turned off with a dramatic show of being startled. Ah! As she screams and jumps away from the nightstand the lamp is resting on. The whole time he's analyzing her body language, reading the move clearly and notes her delayed response and coupled with the fact that he just caught her making eye contact with something that shouldn't be there, but yet was. Oh, he coos to her. It's only a light bulb, honey. Big deal. I mean, you're going to have to do better than that if you hope to scare me. He disengages from the argument heartless his heart is heartlessly heaped upon his broken heart without caring if those strange drug fuel anomalies that shouldn't be there would try to attack him more directly because he couldn't wait for one of them to pop into existence so he could finally break a few necks. He had quit around the spells and sorcery he willingly cast upon his own head to control his emotions and drive him to a point that teetered on a precipice of madness. So he turns away with the knowledge that Heartless had once again tried to sow the seeds of fear and worry that would render mayhem powerless to defend the battlements that were protecting his heart and soul. Looking back with blind eyes that can see with perfect vision, I do believe that was the one major event that only served to watch mayhem of the fear that threatened what God had purposed for him and also served in strengthening his faith and causing him to believe the many unfortunate events that had brought him to that day. Proof. More proof put before the court. Proof of what, though? Proof of the supernatural? Proof that demons did walk among us? Proof that murder was the plot being plotted on the planter's nut who was plotting his own damn plot on those damn plickety-plotting plotters that were plotting on the planter his nutty ass? Yet again, the revelations of demons and plots and plotters and those gut feelings which seemed to never go away could only do after being revealed so clearly that even a blind man said, Ah, what's this I see? caused mayhem for perhaps a thousandth time that week a question to his faith and love and God's plan and reminded himself that yes he was in Jesus' loving hands and no man could pluck him from him so on that day mayhem threw all his worries and cares upon his cross and dug in for another epic vertical jaw ride into the mind of a lunatic fox unlike last time though he was determined to document every amazing encounter and event and in so doing proved that yes he had stumbled into the rabbit hole of Allison's demented biography and despite the protest given from the mouth of old Heartless, he wasn't crazy. Well, yeah, he was crazy, but he wasn't stupid and he wasn't just seeing shit. So here's where we begin the story in Act 2.